Welcome to the Mike and Watch Podcast. You may be watching on YouTube or Facebook Live or listening on iTunes. There's a lot of ways you can consume this damn thing. That's right. Google Play, uh, Stitcher, I believe, uh, SoundCloud, all of that. Uh, I'm Mike. If you do not watch the show or listen to the show, uh, this is Shane, our pop culture aficionado. This is Max, our producer. He also sings in the band called Arkells. Hello. Uh, so we're going to open right away with some great news. We are uh, going to Coachella. The cat's out of the bag. Our Kells are playing Coachella both weekends, and the pod's going down for the second weekend, and we are going to interview a bunch of people, we're going to uh, do some fun stuff. Shane, what are your thoughts on going to Coachella? Are we going to interview a bunch of people? That, that's up to me, the producer of the show. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but, so here my plan, though, is on the first weekend, I'm going to try to buddy up with all the big bands, because it's the same weekend, it's the same lineup both weekends, so I'm going to try to, like, you know, become friends with, like, who's headlining? Lady Gaga? Maybe I'll see her in catering. I'll say, hey, I got a podcast. They're going to be here next week. Anyway, I'm going to set the groundwork, <laughs> and then, so I'm going to set them up, you shoot them down. Is that Sweet. Not, yeah, knock them down. Knock them down. Shoot them down, whatever. Whatever. Yeah, uh, nailed it. So, besides for interviews, uh, I think we're going to do some Facebook Live stuff. Um, we also got a ball in like, mansion in Palm Springs. <laughs> what is it? Are we staying there? Well, yeah, the nut set it all up. The oh, nut. cool. So the nut is also coming down. There's other champagne boys also coming down. Uh, and we're going to be broadcasting, from, you know, poolside. We got a cool looking place. I don't know. It's all happening. Are you going to stay there? Or are you like you got like a band? You got your own spot? No, I think we're. I think the band's on a bus, so I'd rather stay with you guys. Oh, I, I like see it. those guys all the time. So, <laughs> and they'll probably want to come over too. So uh, we're very excited, and thank you to the good people at Much Music for for sending down the pot because. Uh, we're going to make it worth uh, everyone's time. True. So please listen. Please watch. That will be happening at the end of April. Uh, oh, my, my question for the, our audience and for you guys. Is there any other like gags we should do while we're down there? Uh, to, like, should we... Shane, have you been thinking about gags? Uh, been really busy, uh, but I think... <laughs> well, we got the top secret yeah, thing yeah, that yeah. we're working on. We yeah. can't talk about. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, usually I'm pretty good at coming up with gags on the spot or the night before. But yeah, I'll come up with a bunch. <laughs> gags aren't my problem. Yeah, I've got bigger fish to fry. Yeah, I'm yeah. good with gags. <laughs> Speaking of uh, bigger fish to fry, uh, Shane and Mark, his uh, directing partner, who directed the video for Drake's dad, Arkell's song, uh, might be directing a new Arkell's video, which is pretty exciting. May, we can't talk about it. Maybe, we can't talk yeah. about it. But what's more important is that your directing partner, Mark, said that he was disappointed in uh, Drake's dad because the Arkells did not get haircuts. Yeah, so... Uh, I'm going to shave... I can't I, tell if that's a haircut or not. No, I did get a haircut recently. Okay. Uh, shout out to Total Image in uh, Lime Ridge Mall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it looks kind of crazy right now. Well, no, just I just was wearing a toque and stuff. Oh, the guy okay. did actually a great job. Shout out to that guy. He's a sweet dude. Will you get a haircut before the video this weekend? Probably not, but I think some of the guys in the band might. It looks good. You're fine. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay. Other big news. Uh, so, like, we're kind of at that age where, like, friends of ours, friends of ours are getting married, uh, and one of ours, one of our good friends, just had a kid, which is kind of shocking. It's totally stunning. The I first mean, baby. It, it shouldn't be that shocking, actually. So, first of all, uh, Jug and Laura, <laughs> congratulations. We call him Jug. His name's Mike. Mike Melisavage. And they just had a little baby. Big boy. shout out. What's his name? Baby Jug. Baby jug, yeah. yeah, or cup. Uh, <laughs> Alex, A- Alexander with, with a K. K. Yeah. So Alec, A L E K, Xander. So we were all bugging Jug, what asking him what the kid's name was going to be, and he said, "I'm not going to tell anybody, but it's going to be the name of a champagne boy." 
And there's about 18 guys in the group, so it could have been there's 18 options. Now, um, there's an I, Alec in the group. What, no, there's well, Alex. Oh, okay. My roommate, Alex. Simple Alex. Right, 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 right. So, but er, people were thinking it was going to be named Max. Yeah. Like, and like, there was some like. I put know, my money on that. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of, and and then I because I'm, you know, an egomaniac. I was like. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Were you a little disappointed that it wasn't Max? No, I felt uh, less of a burden. Because if it was Max, I would have felt extra responsibility to be like a guiding figure in his life. Sure, like a, a stepfather. Yeah, like a, yeah or like or a godfather. godfather. Say, yeah. But now, now that it's just Alex, I feel like uh, You're off the hook. I'm off the hook for that. <laughs> what if it was Max M-A-K-S? <laughs> that would be just weird. That's just a weird name. Yeah. But um, anyway, it was very exciting. And... Um, you know, despite the fact that everybody's like now basically in their 30s and there wasn't one champagne kid in the mix yet, it was actually kind of surprising. So Jug broke the ice there. And we got to see Jug last night. They had the baby at 11 a.m. And then at around 9 p.m. he came over to my place and, and like... Not the baby, Jug. To just Jug. And uh, we all... He came through the door and we had Justin Bieber's baby song queued up. So as soon as he walked in, we all started dancing. To baby, 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 oh, it was awesome. <laughs> anyway, I was uh, quite pleased with that. It was good times. A bit of choreography. That's nice. Uh, also, though, so we started talking about what hospitals we were born in and anything that particularly exciting happened on the day. Mike, you had a good story about the day you were born. Uh, the truth is, uh, yeah, so when I was born, my so my dad told me this story, and then also my uncle told me the story independently, because sometimes I think my dad can be a little thin you know, testicle, where I'm like, eh, I don't know if it went down like that, but my uncle told me this independently. So essentially, when I was born, uh, my dad and my uncle were so drunk uh, that they started doing um, uh, wheelchair races in the hallways with cigars and like a 26er, a vodka, that they got kicked out of the hospital, and my mom was livid. So, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing imagery. It's a fact. Uh, awesome. Hamilton in the 80s, man. Yeah, yeah, anything was possible. Anything. It was a different time. It was a different time. Yeah. Yeah, smoking in hospitals seems like just like a Isn't it crazy thing. the idea of even smoking indoors now? Like, the idea of, like, if you lit a cigar now indoors, people would be like, <gasps> like yeah. Smoking outdoors, people are like that. You can't walk Queen Street and smoke. Yeah. Like, you'll get a lot of, like, cut eye and stuff. Yeah, you can only do it, like, after midnight or something outside mm-hmm. of a bar. People people think that's still cool. That's yeah. true. But but like in the middle of the day, you're, you're kind of seen as an asshole if you're smoking inside. But yeah, when did you ever smoke? I've never had a puff of a cigarette in my life. Really? No, my mom really scared me into not doing it. But you love weed. <laughs> <laughs> did you smoke? I feel like you like well, those cigars, those little cigars for a while. Yeah, I just like looking cool, and I, and I don't like puffing on the <laughs> with this hat. Yeah. <laughs> I got this ever at the dollar store, yeah. It's cool. When you're buying a pack of smoke, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I'll do it just for a funny photo or something. I'm, like, I, can't, I don't know how to inhale, really. Right. So I could never damage my lungs. What about you, Mike? You smoked. I smoked in high school. Yeah. Really? It's true, yeah. yeah. All right, let's get to questions, because uh, we, we got to uh, record the dessert after this. But uh, we, we got a lot of questions. The producer's keeping it moving. All right, go our man Dan is sure. going to ask us questions. Here, take this mic. All right. Uh, let's just go back to Coachella really quick, because Lauren Carson over in England wants to know, what or who are you most excited for at Coachella? Oh, I haven't even... Uh, Kendrick Lamar, I haven't even really looked at the lineup. I, I was very excited about Beyonce, but then she dropped out. Cause she had a kid. She had her own little baby jug. And... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. What are you guys excited for? I'm excited for the Arkells. Good answer. Yeah, I don't. Uh, you're the only people in the lineup I know. <laughs> I, 
By the way, it's really like, you know, we're proving to be like very valid reporters. Like we have no idea what's going on with this festival. Like so Max is there and Lady Gaga, who are like the the main headliners. Who are like the, the, the it's what it's Gaga, two weekends. Right? Gaga, Radiohead, and Kendrick. I think are the main mm. ones. And Lord, Radiohead will be cool. Yeah, is Lord playing? I don't know. <laughs> what is your favorite? We actually literally were just in an Uber, and we our Uber driver was from Hamilton, and in our Kells fan, he recognized Max. And we, he said that he was a huge uh, Radiohead fan and that he was going to see them in Italy. What is your favorite Radiohead song, Shane? Jeez, uh, you go first. Well, I, they don't like this song, but I, I was always a fan of Creep. Oh, yeah. That Creep's fun. Oh, Fake Plastic Trees. That's mm. it. Get it I love... Um, obviously, the singles are great. Um, Karma Police is great, obviously. But um, I love 15 Step off In Rainbows. I think, I think that's the opening track. And they performed it at the Grammys. It was like Radiohead at the Grammys. And it was just Johnny, the guitar player, and Tom, the singer, with the USC marching band. So like the rest of the band wasn't there. But that's what makes Radiohead so cool. They're like, it's Radiohead. But it's like, now nah, it's two of them with a marching band. And they replicated the song. The song is very rhythmic. And it's, uh, it was awesome. That whole album is very cool. I, yeah. I don't know any of the song names because I just kind of play it while I'm like sleeping. Well, you know, that's actually a... Um, they released that record on a pay-what-you-can model, mm-hmm. and that came out when I was in university, and I just remember like, there was so much excitement around it. It dropped at midnight, you just downloaded I think I paid seven bucks for it or something. And, and uh, You willingly said, I'm paying Well, seven. because nobody had done it before, and everybody just thought it was so cool that I think everybody wanted to like do the right thing. It was right. like, okay, this band is trusting me to, to pay them something. So and mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, I think they made way more money that if they just sold it. But how'd you come well, they get all of it. Price oh, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I forget. But um, but I remember going up to my roommate, Jay Kelly's room. He's on the top floor of our house. And we just turned off the lights and we, like lay down in his bed and listened to the album. Smoked the gold blunt. Dude. No, we fucked. No, just <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, we just, uh, no, we just listened to it. It was awesome. It was very cool. All right, let's get it. All right, next question is from Caitlin, who left a very nice review on iTunes. Thank uh, you, Caitlin. Hey, by the way, to all our listeners out there, thank you if you would, uh, left a comment or a rating on iTunes. That makes me good sense. So she had very nice things to say about your interview style, and she wanted to know how long do you research each guest, and how do you decide which questions to ask and which ones to drop? Very good question, uh, Caitlin. Uh, and also, thanks for the review. Um, so the way that we do it is essentially like if we have, uh, so we just interviewed Nelly Furtado, for instance, you can go back and listen to that, uh, on, I'm promoing now, where on YouTube, much.com, uh, iTunes, all that shit. But, uh, we interviewed Nelly Furtado. So Nelly's pretty big, but like, um, someone like the band Perry we did, what I'll do is like 24 hours before I'll essentially do like a deep dive on like Wikipedia, sort of like YouTube. I'll watch sort of their, the way they answer questions, sort of the way they are. I get like a feel for who they are as people, and I, I basically, to answer your question, it's like 24 hours before, and then for the questions, Max actually, as the producer, does a bunch of research and hits me with those questions the night before the interview. I'll go through them, sort of put them in my voice, but the questions usually come from Max, and then there's like one or two that I'll sort of throw in, but I would say like we work on them together, but you really, it really comes from you. Yeah, it's pretty collaborative, because um, I, I usually try to think of what kind of questions I'd want to be asked as... A guest of the show because Arkells do lots of interviews and I know what it li- it's like to be asked good questions and what it's like to be asked like totally non-research questions that I've answered a million times. So I always, and I always try to think of yeah maybe an angle on an artist that you haven't really thought of before. So with Nelly Furtado, I was really interested 
to hear about how she reflected back on like those first three records and how she would have felt in the moment while she was on this rocket ship to the moon, um, you know, and, and, and how she thinks about work today because she's definitely in a different phase of her career. And I thought we got that out of her. I thought it was really interesting the way she talked about how she takes on new art projects today as a mother in her, you know, late 30s versus the mindset she had when she was a 21-year-old kid who didn't know anything. So I, each, each artist, I try to really put myself in them, their shoes and think about what they might want to talk about. How did you come up with the name Arkells? <laughs> so, related question from Karen: uh, If you could be each, each be a guest on someone else's podcast, which one would it be? Oh, this is uh, very specific for me. I'd be on the Axe Files with David Axelrod. He, it's not many of my friends listen to it. I have my one friend Matt who listens to it, and uh, he is President Obama's former top advisor. And he has an interview show. It's mostly about U.S. politics. But he's had a range of guests on as well. And they're hour-long feature chats. And I just admire the guy. and think he's really interesting. And he used to be, before he was a communications expert in politics, he was a reporter for uh, the Chicago Tribune. So he has a, a whole history in asking people questions and learning, learning about other people's stories. What's your guess? I would do uh, Mark Barron, WTF. I'd like to be on the, uh, what's the Richard Simmons one? Missing... Missing <laughs> Richard Simmons? Yeah, Missing Richard Simmons. That's the one you want to be Yeah, well, it'd be awesome. It's it's the most popular podcast right now in the world, and it would be cool to be like, yeah, I hang with Richard, I'm going to get you the interview, and be the guy to like break the story and inform people what's really going on with them. To me, that would be exciting. So you want to create a character for yourself? No, I want to be that guy. I'm not. This is a wish list. I want to be the guy who brokers the deal between Richard Simmons and the the host. So if you've listened to that podcast, uh, you get to learn a lot about Richard Simmons. It's kind of like a biography slash mystery. So my question to you, and if you don't listen, you might not get this, but like, would you have gone to Slimmons, Jim, if you lived in L.A. at the time? I need to go to Slimmons just for my own personal (laughs) health. Um, I would go, absolutely. It'd be fascinating. And... Uh, like, can we talk about the finale? Like, yeah, Karen and Karen and Yorgo both wanted your thoughts on the finale. See, I didn't watch the finale, but I kind of just listened to. Sorry, listen, I didn't listen to the finale, but I kind of just want you to tell me what happened because I was the first three episodes were good, but they didn't blow me. Yeah, um, it's kind of like the Frank saga. It's like this: the same ending we came to. <laughs> it was incredibly anticlimactic. Right, and so you feel bad because it, it had such a good start. I thought the first three were actually really good, and then you can tell the guy's just grasping at straws to get more content, and then he just comes up with some poetic language at the end to end it, but that's it. Well, here's what's fascinating. So they teased, in the penultimate episode, like the second last one, he, uh, he teased some stuff that they were going to go into, which was essentially the, the maid or the housekeeper, Teresa, and then um, what was the... the the name of the guy. Miguel or something? It was something like that. It sounded that. like his name would be Miguel. Yeah. Uh, and they were, he was going to go down like a path. I think he had like a, some sort of theory or hypothesis. That the girl was a witch. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> well, no, but he like he had like sort of some sort of interview or a theory that he teased in the second last episode. In the last episode, he said, we abandoned all of that because I've talked to so-and-so and he ends up talking to Richard's manager who gives him like an interview. And I feel like 
I want to hear whatever that episode was. I want to hear what the finale was supposed to be that he abandoned. And I don't know if it's because he was going to be sued. I don't know if it's because he, you know, the manager called and was like, no, this is the deal with Richard and you need to abandon all that. But I want to know what they were going to do because that's mm-hmm. interesting to me. Yeah. Like just from a production standpoint, why would you ditch whatever you had planned? Like what's the reason you did? And he says, oh, if you ever run into me on the street, I'll tell you the story. It's like, no, tell me in the finale. Like, I'm invested in your fucking yeah, podcast. Yeah, it's probably like how when we started the pod, we were doing a bunch, and we were always getting threatened to be sued and stuff. You were getting threatened to be sued. Yeah. yeah. We, me. <laughs> All right, semantic. Uh, so next one's kind of related from Julie. Have you heard of the S-Town podcast yet? That's from a new serial. serial. Yeah. No, I've heard of it. Having this and they're dropping all 15 episodes at once, I think. Oh, is it the same deal with like Sarah Koenig or yeah. whatever? I don't think it's Sarah Koenig hosting. It's a different host, but it is non-fiction. Same producers. Yeah. So the, okay. the producers who brought you serial. Correct. Nice. Yeah. Probably the same style as well. It's hard to top that serial, though. Yeah, yeah, that was... Uh, and then another one from Julie and Lauda also wanted to know because related to the Bachelor pod that we did recently, um, has anybody seen Unreal, the Lifetime show? Everyone asked me that. Uh, no, I haven't. I like real reality television. I'm not sure if I'd like to see scripted reality. Show. What was uh, what was the Bachelor uh, podcast? There, there's a, there's a that's oh, one we did. Oh, no, sorry. What was the what did what was the question? Really? There's a show, There's a show up oh, called Unreal that kind of it shows what it's like for the producers. It's like starring oh, okay. it's starring Constance Zimmer, I think is her name. Maybe. And uh, essentially, it's like it's it's a fictional, like scripted show that takes place behind the scenes uh, with like um, people producing a bachelor type show, mm-hmm. and it shows how much the producers like manipulate oh, the I process. See. Apparently, it's amazing. Like actually, like really well reviewed. People think it's like a phenomenal show. It's on my list to binge at some point. I kind of like have this thing where, like, there's these shows that like like Dexter or like Fargo that I just haven't had time to watch. That I'm like, oh, one day I'll like retire and have nothing but time. And so like I'm compiling a list of shit I'm going to binge when I have the time. Unreal is on that list. Uh, speaking of, has anybody seen the new Dave Chappelle specials on Netflix? That question is from Johnny Popolis. Not yet, but uh, I've listened to them. I'm excited yeah. to. By the way, okay. how do you listen to them? Well, I've been working on this secret project uh, for Max's thing, so on the bus ride home, I take like a really late bus home to Hamilton, and I kind of want to fall asleep. I usually fall asleep to a podcast, but I've been falling asleep to the Netflix special, because I have Netflix on my phone. Uh, yeah. So you just play it, and then, and then don't look at it. Yeah, I, don't really, I didn't really fall asleep, so I, I listened to uh, two of them. I think there's only two, am I correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah I've listened to both those, yeah. He got 60 mil for that. Yeah, yeah pretty awesome. And he had already recorded that. It's not like he shot it for that. Yeah. Imagine someone just gave you sixty million for something for like to... Michigan Left or something. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be amazing. Also, I read that. So the way that so I read this whole thing. Uh, essentially, they laid out the so the first. What are the two specials' names? Do you know them? No. So one was recorded in Texas in 2015, and it's like you can tell it's very topical about Texas. And so they end up rolling that one second, and then the first one is like more uh, topical and of today, and they play that one first. Mm-hmm. Do you know which one you listen to? Both. Okay. Yeah, they're good. I like the opening part. That's that's the part I did watch. It has a Morgan Freeman voice in it. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, uh, Zach Dean wants a full update on Dutch's health since the last episode. Oh, thank you uh, for caring uh, about my cat because, uh, yeah, we obviously care about him so much. So Dutch is fine. He's good. 
We don't know why he was puking, but it has, so he has, like, cat asthma. I'm going to get deep into my cat's health now. Uh, so he, like, <laughs> sneezes, and we have, like, a little puffer for him, and that's been happening for about the last year. Uh, so it's related to the asthma, but it's not serious. His puking has stopped, um, and, yeah, we're happy. He's just as cuddly as he ever was. That's for asking. use a puffer on a cat? That sounds like the cutest thing ever, though. It's, it's, it's like, it's actually more difficult than it seems. So it's like kind of, you know how like a normal puffer, if you're like a human, it's just like a ch. Yeah. So the way it works for a cat is they have this like kind of tube and like a, kind of like a Bane mouth thing. And so you have to put the, the Bane mouth thing on its face and then you have the tube and then the puffer goes in the end of that tube. And so once you have the thing on the cat's mouth, then you go like ch, ch and then the, you have to hold it to their face and they don't like it. Right. So he's trying to get away and you feel like evil and then he's like... <laughs> And then he calms down, and then you say, "It's awesome." That's my bane. And then uh, the, the, thank you. And then the, the little thing goes, and you see he's breathing in the uh, the medicine. So he's good. The puking has ceased, and uh, all is good. Thank you for asking, honestly, so much. Um, I always find it funny when, like, when animals, like pets, have like human people problems. Like, like, like the asthma. Like a mortgage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, These bills are driving me nuts. Well, well, I mean, like, it, was, it was special. Like my dog so, imitation. I liked it. We, um, we had this friend uh, whose family has a dog, and the family has like money and like lives in Forest Hill, and they got this like, very expensive dog uh, from like Philadelphia, and um, but the dog was suffering from stress. Like, like, and, and it was like, it was, it was making it really, like, he was having heart problems and stuff like that. I was like, dude, man, you live in Forest Hill. <laughs> like, you're purebred. Like, what are you worrying about? <laughs> Jeez. Anyway. Um, That's Max's Netflix special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this one's kind of for Max. So, Allison listens to the pod, and after seeing you guys tour with Frank Turner, she went back and listened to the second episode with Frank. And she wanted to know if that was the first time you met Frank. And if so, how did that relationship form with Arkells and Frank Turner? So, yeah, good question, actually. So, uh, when we did that, that was literally our second interview. And I did not know Frank at all. And because I was maybe a little more, I wanted to be more, like, extra professional or really wear my pod hat, I didn't even really mention I was in, a, in the Arkells. And I don't know if he, if he knew that, but I don't even if he knew who the Arkells would have been at the time, to be honest. I knew we had mutual friends, like our manager, Ashley, is friends with Frank from a long time ago. But I definitely did not make it a thing where I was like trying to meet him on a band level. I was just trying to be like a very good producer. So that all happened, and then we started touring like whatever, a year and a half later, two years. And uh, I, I've brought it up since, and... He does a lot of interviews, so I doubt he even remembers that interview necessarily, uh, and or me for that matter. But uh, we we definitely shared that moment before we had a friendship afterward. So the next time you met him wasn't until you were yeah it wasn't on until, tour. Yeah, until, until did you ever bring up the pod once you became friends? With I was like, yeah, you did the pod, but like not even a yeah, I didn't really dig into it, right? Because because mostly because I didn't want to put him on the spot, and also if he was any other artist, I. I'd expect maybe him to remember it, but Frank literally does like seven interviews a day with it, like with people, like the little bloggers to like big TV shows. So I wouldn't expect him to miss it. Cool, but he uh, may have remembered. I don't know. I should ask him. Uh, Sam, the Persian president, wants to know what's each of your go-to karaoke songs. Oh, that's a great question. That is a good question. I've recently been going to Boston Pizza Tuesday night karaoke because my gal Lauren loves it. Uh, and we did Ain't No Man High Enough together as a duet, and it was actually quite special. Would you ever do an Arkell song at karaoke? <laughs> uh, we're, we're not big enough to be on the karaoke. Boss's Cummins, not on Boston <laughs> Pizza's karaoke. <laughs> no. All right. Who's a better singer, you or Lauren? 
if Lauren has better natural talent than me in literally every category, so if she wanted to be a better singer, she could be a better singer than me in about 15 minutes, but because I do it for a full-time job, I maybe have a slight advantage, but if she tried for a minute, she'd be better. Uh, my go-to karaoke song is Ooh La La by The Faces, uh, which I've sang many a time uh, up and down uh, John Street when I've had a couple drinks, maybe even by myself going to a bar. <laughs> I like... The best is if you can get Hero by Enrique Iglesias, uh, yeah. <laughs> but if you can get the spoken word intro, because it goes on for way too long, it's like, what if I asked you a question, shall we dance? And it just goes really long, and it's always a huge hit. Well, actually, there's a, Dan Hamilton has a good story about him and Greg going to karaoke night, and Greg, this was when Greg was single years ago. It's my brother, Greg. Yeah, my roommate. And Greg was like very excited to like impress a girl, and he was going to sing that song, because that, that he knows that song always brings down the house. And before he had a chance to do it, some other guy who was also trying to impress the girl sang that song first and brought down the house, and Greg was like, ah! <laughs> It was Shane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Mitch Pollock wants to know, oh, yeah. better Bare Naked Ladies song, Jane or Brian Wilson? Shout out to Mitch, a great producer on CBCQ. He was arguing about this very topic with Tom Power, who's a great host on CBCQ. Uh, and we were talking about, um, I, I mean, those songs are both masterpieces. You can't really go wrong with either. For whatever reason, Jane is scratching my age today. But I could change my mind. Well, essentially, Jane is what? It's about, like, unrequited, like, love and, like, you know, sort of high school or grade. Like, Jane is sort of this, like... Uh, to me, Brian Wilson's obviously the more famous song. Uh, I don't know. I think Brian Wilson's an all-timer. But Jane is probably more emotional. You can relate to Jane as, like, a young man that's ever had a crush yeah. or been in a relationship with the girl. Uh... Uh, Brian Wilson is my answer. Your answer is Jane? I guess, but... Break the tie. I like old apartment. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Basketball questions. Jeff Beckler wants to know, will the Raptors catch the Wizards for third? Yeah, baby. We're getting third. Uh, Either way, I either want the Cavs to drop down to two and we stay in four, or we ascend to three and the Cavs stay in one. I just want to avoid the Cavs in the second round. But to answer your question, I think we actually are going to catch the Wizards and get three. We're winning tonight in Miami. That's what I'm saying. And then this one's from Kristen, and maybe more from Max. Who'd you pick to win NCAA? I have uh, UCLA, Lonzo Ball. Against? uh, I don't even know who. I I hate filling up this bracket. Someone made me do it this year. uh, UCLA is Max's pick. Who's your pick for the uh, March Madness? I have no clue. The old apartment? I always say Tar Heels or old apartment. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A couple more. Emma wants... No, sorry. John on the basketball. Two more, then we got to get out of here. Two more? Okay, yeah. John produced it. John wanted to know your thoughts on the Ibaka fight the other night. Huh. Okay, can you just recap what Network said? Because Network's our favorite tweeter. I highly recommend you follow Network if you're into Game of Thrones, politics, or basketball. N-E-T-W-3-R-K. And dude, we're, we're going to have him on the pod. And we're going to get him on the podcast. Max has communicated with him. This guy, he lives in New York. He tweets, he writes for The Ringer. So funny. Follow him. And you've actually had a correspondence. Yeah, so I've been in touch. But basically what he said... About uh, you did so this guy so the Serge Ibaka fight with Robin Lopez if you haven't seen it I'm sure you've seen it it's been everywhere one in basketball fights there's a lot of like this no one ever really throws a punch it's not it doesn't happen it hasn't happened like a decade in the NBA so the fact that two guys actually threw haymakers uh, two nights ago was kind of shocking and unprecedented in this modern era of NBA Network said uh, so there's this guy Matt Barnes who recently like. Or I guess he got in kind of a scuffle with Serge Ibaka, like, I don't know, four years ago. And he said that Ibaka was a fake tough guy. 
And so Network tweeted, he's like, I like how Matt Barnes calls Ibaka a fake tough guy. He grew up in Congo, like, during, in the Congo during the war. During like, the Civil War. During the Congo. Civil War. Like, <laughs> like, Serge knows shit. Serge has, like, been through some shit. He's not a fake tough guy. Uh, I thought it was an interesting fight. It, hey, it got the Raptors going and it won the game. Did you watch the game? Absolutely. That was amazing. But how does he not, like, hockey guys never miss a punch. And basketball <laughs> guys never connect. <laughs> it had to be somewhat purposeful to miss, eh? Yeah, I guess I mean, hockey guys do it more often though. They're, they're right. such a small sample size. And up in think, the Congo though, you think he'd know a punch? Yeah, but he probably hasn't done it in a long time. Right. Yeah. Uh, you want to end on thoughts on Get Out? Sure. You have much shame. Good You're movie. a pop culture aficionado. Yeah, yeah. It's, I th- I thought it was. I think it should be nominated for uh, an Oscar, and I think it will. You think? What yeah. do you think? Like best picture, best writer, best director? Uh, probably best original screenplay. Right. Especially, like, they're very, I think Oscars are very cognizant of that year when it was, like, a, they were whited out Oscar's or whatever. Oscars so white, yeah. And, yeah, I, th- I just think it deserves it more than anything. But because of that, how cognizant they are, I do think it will win. It was an awesome movie. It and it like, deserves to be nominated. Yeah, it's one of the best movies I've seen of the year. Might be my favorite movie. If it was released uh, last year, it would be my favorite movie of the year. It was such a good movie, and I, if you haven't seen it, go see it. It's just like... Um, it's obviously a thriller, you are into it, but what I would say is go see it in a theater with people. Because for me, the experience of seeing it in a packed theater actually like loaned itself to the experience. It was such a good movie, and seeing it with a bunch of people like reacting in real time was uh, really, really, really fun. Yeah, I totally agree. And the backstory, of course, is that the director, Jordan Peele, is from the comedy duo, Key and Peele. On Much Music. On Much Music. And, uh, it's over. The series ended. Series we no longer have it on but, but he's known for his comedy chops, but he's very interested in uh, horror movies. And uh, and he wrote this original screenplay. He made the movie for $4 million, and it's already grossed more than $100 million. Yeah, it's the Marcel. first uh, black director to have a debut over a, a million. Or yeah. I think just director in general. Anyway. First debut movie to have over $100 million? Earn over $100 million. Wow. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's amazing, too, like... There's a lot of great movies that are made for small budgets and find a niche little audience and they make the money back and, and then some a little bit. But it just you just don't see that this, this often. Like a little movie like totally exceeding expectations of this way. Uh, and financially and on every every metric it's done incredibly. I guess on that we're gonna wrap it up. Uh, thank you guys for watching. Thank you for listening. If you're listening to this on iTunes or somewhere else, um, you can listen to uh, our most recent episode with Nelly Furtado. We have an episode coming up with the band Perry, I believe, on Monday. Uh, do you want to say anything to wrap it up? No. Do you want to say anything to wrap it up? Nope. Thanks so much for listening. See you next week if we don't die on the weekend.